Bong, do, 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 bong, bong. That's 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 all I know of of that particular song. That's the that's the law and order court. thing, right? It's a law and order scene. <laughs> yes, law and order. This is Linux and whatnot. Uh, you might have been fooled into thinking you were watching Law and Order, but you yes. weren't. I know the production quality is really similar, but this is actually <laughs> Linux and Whatnot episode nine. Thank you guys for joining us. My name is Brian Lunduke. That adorable man that. over there, Matt guy. I'm Matt, the Matt man. You're the Matt man. <laughs> I'm the Matt man today. I don't know. Let's you're the Matt man. <laughs> um, so last last episode, um, we had uh, the uh, the head of the Creative Commons project, or just Creative yes. Commons, on the show. And so at the beginning of the show, we talked a little bit about various Creative Commons stuff, which ended up leading to talking about uh, my Patreon and all the things, things like that. And uh, we try to try to keep you know self promotion to kind of a minimum, and we don't do advertisements here and whatnot. But one one fine young man over on the YouTubes uh, made a comment that you know that got a little bit long. Uh, we were talking about <clears throat> ourselves a little bit much. Basically, we spent three minutes talking about not having advertisements. <laughs> The man has a good point. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, yeah. So he suggested the following sentence that I just say this sentence, uh, and I agreed. So for this for this one episode, I'm just going to say this one sentence as the self promotion bit. Um, and if people prefer that, and it still actually works, uh, I'll just keep something like that going. Here is the sentence verbatim. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Brian, and if you love me, click the link to learn how you can give me your money. Yeah, there you go. Totally works. done. Matt, do you have anything to say? Freedompenguin.com, boom, boom. You keep saying the boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. Everything's the... going to be boom, boom from now on. I'm just gonna, that's going to be like my Smurf talk. It's okay. Before we started hitting record, ladies and gentlemen at home, Matt said the phrase, Matt made a boom, boom, I don't know how many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. Okay, okay. We've got yeah, the, yeah, folks. We, we, so we've got the so we've got the creator of Free DOS on the show today, which is yes. really really just crazy crazy neat. That's I, pretty cool, right? Right? I, I I have so much to say about that, but we'll we'll, we'll save it we'll save it for the thingy. Uh, Matt, yes. it's time for me to sing the segue from this part to the next. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you sure you're ready? I'm going to buckle in and put on my seatbelt. I've already made boom boom, so I'm halfway there. We're good. My friend Matt made a big old boom, 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 boom. All right, Matthew. Yes. This is Linux and whatnot, but uh, today we're going to talk about nothing but DOS because we have the founder of the Free DOS Project with us. Mr. Jimothy Hall, or Jim Hall. Jim, what's your full first name? I'm assuming it's not Jimothy. It is not Jimothy, it's Jim. Just Jim? Just Jim. I feel like it should be longer than that, like Jeremiah or, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, no, unfortunately not. Did you ever want it to be longer than that? Wait a minute. I'm getting sidetracked on uh, stuff that I wanted to talk about. Let's talk All about right. FreeDOS for a second. Okay, okay. All right. Let's back up. When did you start FreeDOS? To start with, for those who don't know, let's let Jim give the introduction of what is FreeDOS, because I'm diving into it, because I know what FreeDOS is. But Jim, tell everyone what FreeDOS is so everyone's on the same page. Yeah, so back in the 90s, 80s actually, it started in 81, uh, Microsoft had an operating system that was not too bad. It was uh, DOS. And uh, 
uh, you know, for the era, that was a that was a pretty good operating system, and uh, uh, it was all command line. So if you imagine running your Linux system, those for your Linux users, and to run level three and you run everything on the command line, uh, it was just like that. It was DOS was really made for running uh, applications, and it did it really well. Uh, and I used DOS uh, from however old I was back then, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say, and uh, I was very young and uh, from, from a long time and then um, uh, into, uh, into college and, uh, uh, and then uh, throughout college I used DOS for everything. Uh, my, my, my career was, my, DOS, my, my, uh, my college career was physics and oh, okay. physics major. And I did all my, my uh, data analysis, all my lab analysis. Because it's DOS. Using DOS applications. Yeah. Uh, DOS Getting work done. Yeah, yeah it, it really was. DOS was really just a workhorse, you know? And, uh, yeah, and so I used, you know, as easy as is a spreadsheet. I used, uh, uh, you know, uh, WordPerfect uh, and Galaxy Write for writing papers wow. in class. I was and, a WordPerfect uh, man myself. Yeah, yeah, good times. I had a little little keyboard overlay that sat over the top of my function keys to let me know ah, which thing nice. did which. Yep, you had to have that because control yeah. and alt and shift on all those F keys and, did, and all the different things. Reveal codes, that was my big deal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so in 1994, Microsoft said uh, DOS is dead. You know, the next version of Windows is going to kill DOS. DOS will be gone. And if you got to remember what what Windows looked like back then. Oh, I do. That was Windows three <laughs> one. Mm. Windows three one was not great. Not uh, great. I remember looking at that and going, you know, I, I I intentionally don't run Windows for a reason. And if Windows four or three point two, you never knew. Mm-hmm. If, if the next version was look anything like that, I wanted nothing to do with it. And so yeah. I, I'd, I'd run Linux already at that point. And I said so it can't be that hard to write your own DOS, right? I mean, uh, Linus Torvalds and everybody else had, had uh, created Linux, and that was a multitasking operating system. Mm-hmm. Right. DOS doesn't have to do any of that. DOS doesn't have to do any of that. It's a very easy thing. It's, it's one, app, one, uh, one program at a time, one application at a time. And so right. I said, it can't be that hard to do. And I already taught myself programming. I wrote a lot of utilities for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to make DOS better. And so I said, uh, a little naive me, I said, why? Let's let's create our own DOS. If, if Microsoft is going to kill DOS, let's let's make DOS better. Let's make DOS our own thing. And so, it was uh, June sometime in in 1994 that I uh, put out a little a little message to Usenet news groups uh, saying, "Let's." Oh, that's how all of the great operating systems right? start is with that's, a Usenet is. post. Yeah, and it archives it nicely so that people can come back and say, "Wow, this is when it happened." Right. Right. And that's that was the small start, you know. We just just getting together with uh, other developers that wanted to create uh, a DOS operating system, and it just kind of grew from there. That's awesome. So that was that was ninety four. Yeah. So let's see. So that was twenty two years. No. Yeah. Uh, twenty. Yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah. yeah. Thereabouts. My math is hard, but I think that sounds ninety four right. to twenty sixteen. Yeah, I'd say ninety four to twenty sixteen. Um, and yeah. now we have we have free DOS. For 22 years, how yeah. long was MS-DOS supported in, in development? Oh, Somebody had pointed this out to me a while back. Uh, I've been involved in FreeDOS longer than MS-DOS was a thing. 
Wow. Which, wow. That which, is crazy. It is. You know, I had never thought about it that way. That was that was wow. a really good way of putting it. So MS-DOS started in 1981. Okay. Uh, and it effectively died when Windows 95 came out mm -hmm. in uh, 1995. Right. Oh, what is that? That's... That's that's am I doing my math right? That's fourteen years. Fourteen yeah. years. So you uh, yeah, right. you've crushed Microsoft in the how long you're involved in DOS world. That's crazy. Yeah. That kind of suggests to me that you are probably the world's DOS authority. Like it, I don't know of any other human being that's as intrinsically involved in DOS as you are, my friend. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot there. I, I that that when you hear those sorts of statements how does that make you feel inside because I, I was trying to decide that for myself yeah. i think i think if i was the person that was the most involved in, with dos than any other human being on the planet i think i would de derive some sort of perverse satisfaction around that i'm really curious how you feel it's it it's a very curious feeling you know it's it's uh it's something i don't i, I don't know that i ever at that time thought that DOS was going to be running this long. I mean, right. and, and part of me still kind of looks at it as like, it's 2016. It's nearing the, nearing the start of 2017. Yeah. Uh, and we're still doing free DOS. And in fact, we're still looking at the next version of free DOS. Oh really? Um, yeah. And it's just exciting to see uh, that we're still doing it. It, it, it whenever I hear about it, just like, that's, that, that's kind of what gets me is like, it, it really has staying power. It clearly does have a use. Well, now, I have a question for yeah, you. Yeah, ask away, Matt. Now, one thing that comes to my mind is over the course of years, from the point that you started this all the way up to now, have you ever been surprised at some of the things that was used for that you might not have thought of yourself, like maybe by end users or companies or things of that sort? Yeah, yeah. There was a company in Japan that uh, that made a, a, some sort of a tape robot, I think it was, uh, using wow. using Freedots. I thought that was just way cool. It was that some sort of cool. embedded device uh that that interface with some other larger computer system but uh freedos was the controller for it uh there was somebody else who made a really cool uh, uh pinball machine oh dude that's I, cool i really wish i could see more about that Ooh. that was that, I, the only way i can imagine you could do it is if all of the the stuff on because it, it ran the board it ran the yeah. entire board and the display behind it uh, it was it was some wow. sort of a high res for the time display, uh, and and the only way I can imagine you could do it is to have all of the bumpers and everything else basically being keyboard inputs. That makes and sense. That would make sense. Was, yeah, yeah, just a DOS application waiting on these these keyboard inputs, and then it just sort of created score based on that. So you would uh, just like map it essentially, right? I mean, that's really all it comes down to. Yeah, that's what I would think you'd do. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm, so I, I should, uh, full disclosure here, I actually use FreeDOS a lot in my day-to-day. -day. It's nice, it's free, it's open source, and I can have a nice little portable environment that I can put on my tablet, I can put on my desktop. Exactly. I, can, I can keep a little little drive image file that I copy around. I have a little, I have a little NextCloud box I can copy my drive images to and keep moving them around. Right. It's really, just really oddly convenient. Yeah. I'm curious, though, what you, Jim Hall, use it for. What does the creator of the GPL DOS <laughs> operating yeah. system use DOS for in 2016? I use it to play games most of the time. Uh, I also use it for answer. testing the next release, ah. of course. But, mm. but you know, we, and it turns out a lot of people use it to play games, which is totally cool. Um, 
you know, we actually ran a survey a number of years ago and asked people, how do you run uh, FreeDOS? What do you run FreeDOS for? Yeah. And we actually found there are three types of users. And it's still true today, although it's been skewed quite a bit now. But it, it, uh, you have one group of people that are using FreeDOS to play classic DOS games. I don't like to call them old DOS games. They're classic right. DOS games. Exactly. There's a lot of really cool games in there. Yeah. One has uh, to play Master of Orion 2 somehow. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, there's, I, I, I used to play uh, Duke Nukem. And in fact, they, I just saw there's some sort of re-release of the classic Duke Nukem 3D on game consoles. And I'm like, I'm going to fire that up again. So I need to fire that up at some point soon here. Uh, uh, Blood was another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The old Railroad Tycoons. Railroad Tycoon, Pinball. Uh, really, really good games. There are a lot of lot of fun games there. And, yeah. And so that, 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 a lot of people will use that. So that's your main group there, people who run, run DOS games. You also have people who run uh, FreeDOS so they can support some legacy business application. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And you see that every once in a while. You know, somebody has some DOS application they need to run uh, in 2016, and so they're they're using, uh, a lot of cases, they're using FreeDOS for that. Uh one one case was a couple years not a couple years a couple months ago I saw. Now I don't think they're running FreeDOS for it. That's the only bad part. But uh, some company is running. Uh, there's a there's a luxury British car manufacturer that uses a DOS laptop to do all the car diagnostics when they when you bring your car into the shop. It hooks that up to the seems computer. to happen all the time in the automotive industry. There was that story about the the Commodore sixty four that was running some auto body shop in Switzerland yeah. or something like that. And, and wow. yeah, like the there's wow. the the Ford is it Ford or Toyota? It, it, one of the diagnostic systems is still DOS based. I know I, I mm-hmm. saw that like their official thing, and that's just mind boggling to me. But I mean, I guess if it works. Why? Yeah. Why switch? Right? I mean, why it's invest weird, in rewriting but... that software when you've already got something that works just great? So, all right, all right. So, a lot so of people are stuff. using. So, so you use DOS, free DOS, a lot for playing games. Yes, I use right. it a lot for playing games. You see, a lot of people do it for legacy software. And then you have a lot of you have some other people that are doing it for embedded systems. You don't Makes see sense. the embedded systems as much anymore. You don't see the legacy software as much anymore these days. In twenty sixteen, it's it's mostly. Uh, being used to play uh, those classic DOS games. Which I get, which I get. So you, all right, you, Jim Hall, you're a kind mm-hmm. of a open sourcey, free software, loving hippie kind of guy. Oh, yeah. uh, I saw your laptop, you're rocking the gnome on top of, I think it was Fedora. <laughs> uh, yep. You know, so I, I, I get a good sense of that. Now, these old DOS games, they're not free and open source, my friend. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what you think of this, because here's my feeling on the issue. I don't have anything proprietary anywhere around me. Not not a scrap of it, except on my free DOS drive images, which are filled with 20 and 30-year-old video games, yep. and they're all yep. closed source. And in my mind, in my soul, in my body, it those don't count. In my mind, they're, they've been long since abandoned, and I am simply archiving them as though my little drive image were a museum, and I am just paying homage to them. And if they were made today, I would require that they were free software in order to play them. But since they're like three decades old, or they're closing in on as old as I am, then I feel like it's okay. Like it's morally justified. I, I'm curious if you've struggled with this particular dilemma. It is curious because, yeah, DOS was a very popular system long before the concept of free software and even open source software really became a thing. Uh, so uh, 
there, there's a lot of there's a very ingrained part of the culture that uh, shareware is yeah. a really good model that proprietary. There's nothing wrong with proprietary, and so a lot of people who are running FreeDOS today have uh, proprietary software. They have shareware software. Mm. A lot of stuff is closed source, and we try to find a balance for that. So. I, I don't have a, any problem at all if you want to run uh, proprietary software, shareware, whatever on on uh, on FreeDOS. That's 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 up to you. Uh, but the reality is, most people are running some sort of proprietary thing yep. on FreeDOS, and so I think we just kind of expect that. Well, uh, but we try to make FreeDOS still a free DOS, so yeah. we, we are being we're paying very close attention. Uh, even now, as we're doing the the, the one point two release, which is coming up soon. Uh, that it be completely comprised of uh, free software, open source software. There's nothing in there that's proprietary. Well, something that occurs to me that you you brought up, you were talking about how it predates, uh, you know, the free software, open source, that sort of thing. I think yep. it not only is it grandfathered in, but I think in addition <laughs> to that, because it really is, it's totally grandfathered in, in my opinion. So it's okay. Not only that, but I think the culture was different uh, for the DOS games than it would be, say, now. I mean, it was literally people were sharing the stuff anyway. It's like, hey, I got the latest whatever. Let's make a copy of it. I mean, it's, you know, and as you pointed out with shareware as well. I mean, it was culturally, I think, a different time. So I think I think it is okay. I really do. Yeah, yeah. It's as I say, it, it culturally, I think is the thing. It, it really, mm -hmm. it really has gotten into people that that, that it, it's it's okay to run. Uh, you know, this proprietary yeah. stuff on, on sure. DOS. That's what DOS is right. really made to do. It's like it's okay. It, DOS gets a pass. Like I, right. like, I would never, in my current incarnation, install Visual Basic on my computer. I would never do that. Or Visual C++ or any of that. I just wouldn't. I, I would break out in hives, in a cold <laughs> sweat. I just couldn't do it. But Visual Basic 1.0 for DOS... I have that on my on my DOS hard drive image. It's the most ridiculous programming environment that has ever been birthed out of any company or person. Um, and I have no moral objection to having it on there and and farting around with it from time to time. And it's the strangest thing because it's it Microsoft Visual Basic and if just the words alone should send me screaming towards the hills. But for some reason, I find it quaint and charming that it exists. And so therefore, I embrace it wholeheartedly. It's a very mm -hmm. strange emotional reaction for me when it's all inside my little free DOS environment. And sometimes I use DOSBox as well, but but usually on the free DOS environment. So anyway, it's, it's strange. And I've, I've noticed that I'm not the only person that does this. Free everywhere, but not with inside of free DOS or DOSBox. It's mm -hmm. totally okay. Everything gets a pass. All right. I, I just wanted your thoughts on that. What I want to know now is 2016. Yes. You have a new release of free DOS coming. Mm -hmm. What on God's green earth do you do for a new version of DOS in 2016? Like what, what, what do you put into it that warrants a new version of DOS nowadays? Yeah, we had some long conversations about what really makes a new DOS. You know what? You know we had 1.1. It took took FreeDOS a long time to get to 1.0. Uh, but you know, and then then we had 1.1, and 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 that that's been a really solid, stable system. Yeah. And uh, we had this discussion about should 1.2 look like? Should it really look should one but a bunch of updates? Uh, should we try to change what DOS is? Uh, how how do we define free DOS? Do we try to take 
like like I, I for a long time I was looking at should we try to uh, project past 1995 and say what would DOS actually look like if Microsoft hadn't killed the DOS product. They kept it like parallel with Windows. Right. You know, so you're, you're doing Windows, but you're still doing DOS. So what would what would DOS look like in 2016? That's a crazy thought experiment. <laughs> it is a really crazy thought experiment, and it takes you in a lot of different directions. And by the way, the, an the simple answer to what would DOS look like today in 2016 if it were still a competing product, it would look like Linux. That's really what it would be. That's a good answer. Uh, you'd right? have a... Yeah, it is because you'd have to have, uh, you know, eventually you'd have to add uh, extra, you know, uh, like a flat memory model. Mm -hmm. You have to add multitasking. Well, a lot of these old applications don't do multitasking; they weren't built for multitasking because that's that's not what DOS was. DOS was yeah. a single task operating system. So you kind of have to architect your way step by step away from the classic definition of DOS, and you what what you wind up having is a console mode operating system uh, that. Uh, is no longer binary compatible mm -hmm. old applications unless you want to write some sort of a sandbox. Um, and, uh, and it's 32-bit, 64-bit, uh, um, you know, huge memory, huge disks, networking built in. That's, you're describing the Linux operating system. You really are. Yeah. Kernel with, with DOS EMU. You know, running yeah, your right. That's, right. That's, what you're, that's what you're describing. Wow. <laughs> we said, okay, we can't, we can't do that. That's <laughs> we're not going to do that for FreeDOS. FreeDOS still has to be DOS. And so, um, what we decided we we're going to do is is make DOS more useful. A lot of people, uh, you know, what 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 software are they running? What kinds of software are they running? What 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 would make FreeDOS useful out of the box? And so, basically, you look at 1.2, which is coming this year. And you compare it to 1.1. There's a lot more packages in it. Okay. And it drops from all over because there's some other ones out there. Uh, it's a lot more packages. And we've also really updated. I think the other thing you'll notice is that we've really updated the installer. That was one thing that... Uh, yeah, you showed me that. that. That was looking a lot nicer. Yeah, yeah. The old one, you know, if you look at the, at, at the, uh, the, the FreeDOS installer that we used to have, 1.1, uh, I actually wrote that in God. When was it? 1998, I think. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, and and it was one of those things where it's like you know, let's. We wanted to really update FreeDOS. We'd have a different new kernel. Um, we wanted to update the distribution. So let's let's create a new version of FreeDOS. Well, the old the alpha versions of FreeDOS didn't actually have an installer. You just unzip it on your system, and bam, there you go. Uh, so this one. I wanted to create an installer, and so I just created this. This I just hacked up an installer. It really probably took me a weekend, um, and it's it's the anybody who does development knows knows where the story is going because I said, well, I'm just going to put this out there, and we'll fix it later, <laughs> and we'll make it better later. Yeah, that worked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then beta two came along, and we used the same thing. Beta three, same thing. You know, all these all these different versions through 1.0, 1.1, and all we were doing is updating the old installer. And I said, we need to let that one go. So uh, I, I worked with a, uh, another developer who really wanted to get involved in FreeOS, Jerome Shadell, and he uh, did a major uh, redesign on the, uh, the install program. When you actually look at it, it is really one large smart batch file. Oh. That's what it is. It's okay. no, it's That's It's a compiled thing. It's just yeah. one large smart batch file, and he's created a bunch of these really cool batch utilities, uh, powered what he calls power tools that that really create the interfaces. 
for selecting a language and yeah. whatnot. And it, it looks nice. Like I, it, it, it's crazy, but it's like the nicest DOS installer to ever exist. That's, <laughs> I mean, again, it's a, it's a really weird crown to have, but it's a cool crown nonetheless. He he did it's, a really good job with it. A really really good job with it. All right. So where, so FreeDOS is out there. It's been out there forever now. I mean, it's 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 the king of DOS at this point. Really, is what it yep. is. Uh, do you have any? Uh, idea of how many people actually use free DOS? Oh, that is a hard question to answer. I know. I, I, I have to ask though because I'm profoundly yeah, curious. I don't know. I really, I really have zero idea. You know, uh, we have a lot of downloads. You know, uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of downloads per month. Um, what? And that's been going on for oh yeah, I, I used to Hun- hundreds of thousands of downloads thousands, per month. Couple hundred thousands. That's competitive. Per month. That's yeah, really it's, competitive. It's a lot. Um, and uh, I, think I know a lot of fairly significant Linux distributions that would be thrilled to get those numbers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thrilled. Yes, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to look them up. The uh, I believe it's in a, I believe it's a couple hundred thousand, and we, uh, uh, you know, we get a. So there, there's how many of those are are long term installs? How many of those are are test installs? Sure. You know, at work, uh, in my, my previous job, for example, we, we downloaded FreeDOS so we could put it on a machine so we can read some old data uh, that some, some researcher brought in. We, I used to work at a university. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was a short-term install. We wiped that machine like two weeks but later. But still, I mean, yeah. I mean, the same is true for, for Linux distributions. I mean, how many people oh, yeah. download, you know, uh, uh, the partition, uh, parted, you know, uh, Linux distro just for a, a one-off <laughs> and various things like that? That happens all the time. So yeah. realistically, th- that's amazing. And I know some people grab FreeDOS to do like a, like a BIOS update or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. Um, but like for me, I know I've only grabbed it from your website a handful of times over the years, but yet I've got, I've got, I re-grab it off of my own private servers constantly and it's on 80% of my devices right now, which is insanity, which means that FreeDOS is the most pervasive operating system in my home outside of Linux. Um, and that's crazy to me that that is the case. And I do so willingly like so for me uh for example i kind of take the the george rr R. martin approach where i i do a lot of my writing in dos and <laughs> it's not because i only remember the keys to word perfect or something like that uh in fact most of the stuff i'm using to write in dos is all free software as well but i like having a portable always the same always consistent no distractions environment that I can copy between devices that I have complete control over. Like I have, I have no doubt that there is no one on the planet who is trying desperately to hack into my free DOS instance. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? It's, I think it's a safe yeah. bet. <laughs> right. Um, and so I, I find it profoundly useful for actually getting work done. Um, now uh, you there, you can do networking applications from within side free DOS. Yes. You um, do you? It's a diff- It's a totally different world than say Linux. Oh It's yeah. a totally different world. Do you ever actually do that? Do you ever actually go into spend time in FreeDOS and do actual networking, uh, instant messaging, whatever? I I don't. I I don't. I I use FreeDOS as I say to kind of play games or uh, or, or to test the new release. I, I'm not going in there 
sadly enough, the the guy who did Freedos, so I'm not I'm not going in there day to day to do to do my work. I'm you know I, I, I when I write articles and things, I'm I'm hopping on my Linux distro and I'm running something in yeah. writing something in uh, gedit most of the time or or libreoffice uh, mm-hmm. but i'm not uh, not doing it in uh, not doing it in free dice. sorry about that <laughs> no i but by the way i just forgive you the numbers i just i just picked up our, uh, oh, our yeah. download numbers and i i was off by a decimal point we are tens of thousands per month so it's hundreds of thousands cumulative but that's wow. still still that's still, really impressive still, <laughs> looks like we're averaging around thirty thousand downloads for the last that's uh, last year or more per month well, per yeah. month yeah and I, th- I think an interesting actionable point on that is that you got to figure that out of those. Yeah, sure, people are some people are just trying it just for the heck of it. But I think each one of those likely is being used for a specific task. So right. that makes yeah. it that makes it interesting. It's not just mm-hmm. willy nilly. They're actually using it as a tool to get something done, and that's compelling. And on top of that, we also have people that are uh, providing uh, Freedos as part of a default like system. Like you oh. can buy today. Systems right. from Dell and HP oh, yeah. that uh, that have come with with FreeDOS pre-installed on it, which is which is just mind-boggling. It's way uh, cool. It's again, way so many Linux distributions would kill to have that position where there yeah. are systems shipping with the operating system, yeah. Yeah. and FreeDOS has it. I I am absolutely fascinated by FreeDOS. And it, it's it I I have this conflicted thing inside me like it is both simultaneously amazing and brilliant and I rely on it and at the same time quirky and weird and <laughs> makes no logical sense to me that it exists at all. The fact that you started it and have kept it going for all these yep. years and yep. it hit a point where it has such good binary compatibility that you can use it basically as a drop-in replacement for MS-DOS or in my, in my case I was more of a PC-DOS, DR-DOS I was more of a Gary Kildall guy than a sure. than a Bill Gates guy which is a what, you know actually that's a very important question uh, yeah. uh, do you go uh, DR-DOS, PC-DOS or MS-DOS what, what was your ultimate DOS prior to FreeDOS? Uh, MS-DOS mm-hmm. definitely MS-DOS was that was that just because of the market dominance, or or was there another reason for it? No, I think it was. You know, I'd, I'd used DR DOS and I'd used PC DOS, but uh, but MS DOS was just what we ran on our computer, and so that's just what I what I what I ran. So I think it was nothing more complicated than that. It's just, that was the version of DOS that we had. It's <laughs> a, a fair answer, uh, uh, Matt. Were you a, were you a DOS guy when you were a kid? A little bit, a little bit. I mean, I think if you go back far enough, I spent a lot of time uh, playing on a TI-99-4A using yeah. basic. And, uh, you know, I'd be like, hey, mom, look, I made a thing. And she'd be like, that's nice. Go play outside. And it's like, okay, she didn't no. and, and that was the end of my programming career. You don't understand me. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> no, I think with DOS, most, most of it was games. Yeah. yeah. I'd say most of it for me was games because that was kind of where I gravitated to. Yeah, see, I was a I was a DR DOS kind of guy. I mm. I was I, I, Gary Kildall was like my hero for uh, when I was a kid. You know, yeah, every yeah. every every eight year old has to have a hero to look up to. And mine was Gary Kildall for some reason. I don't I don't really hundred percent know why. Um, but uh, I was I was into that, and then I became an OS two guy, which meant I was more of a oh. PC DOS guy because I was on the mm-hmm. IBM side of things mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but yeah, but then FreeDOS just absolutely changed everything right. in my life. Um, 
so where does it go from here? So it's at 1.2. That's that's going to be coming out fairly soon, right? You guys are in the kind of the the preview stage right now for like the the final release candidates, essentially. Yeah, and in fact, literal literally before joining uh, you guys here for this, I I was exchanging emails with a couple of folks on FreeDOS and figuring out what the schedule is going to be, and we really are looking at uh, a release before the end of the year. The uh, the, the pre-release we put out uh, pre-releases of the new 1.2. Yeah, I saw those. Uh, and and just like our history of walking ourselves up to 1.0, uh, we're kind of walking ourselves up to 1.2. And um, yes, we've had uh, 23 pre-releases of one of 1.2 so far. Uh, I, <laughs> yes, so far. But here's the thing. That's good. We just we just released two days ago uh, the pre-release 23. We're recording this on Sunday the, the second, so it just got released two days ago, and. Uh, and it's looking rock solid. You know, I only had a couple of changes that I asked for uh, in a, 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 a package group that just got added for 23. Uh, okay. So 24, we all agree, is going to have those changes and nothing more. And that means we are rock solid, ready to go. So nice. the next release, the next one that you'll see will be a release candidate. And we're going to ask people to test the heck out of that. And, it's just uh, got to be solid because it's DOS, and it yeah. should be solid. Uh, and and the and so we we just want everybody to just test it and uh, and make sure that it, it works great. And then uh, if we need to, we'll, we have room in there for a uh, a second release candidate. I'm hoping we don't need it. Uh, and then we'll release um, uh, if we if we need the second release candidate, we'll release the the final version in December. If we don't need the the second release candidate, we'll release that by the end of November. That's awesome. So, oh, that is okay. Cool. So new installer, but there's also new packages you're talking about. What constitutes new and worthwhile packages for an open source DOS in 2016? Yeah. So a lot of them were things that already existed. In fact, everything we've got, you know, already existed was already out there, and and we have a very uh, rich uh, set of software that you can find on our on our. Uh, website uh, on our download site and it really was just picking from there and saying okay we we need to have uh, software that helps you do development and so we're including programs that help you do development there's always an interest in different editors there's always an interest in different a uh, couple of different graphical environments yeah. so we're including those in there whereas before I, I really tried not to include graphical environments uh, i just kind of felt that that was not the thing we what, wanted to what, do what graphical environments are you including in free yeah. dos i'm just curious uh so what was in that list uh for example one of them is uh i think open gem is in there i know that uh, uh yeah yeah that's a good one and uh and i think seal was in there if i recall correctly oh, I I think those, are, uh, those are th those two other ones are ones that kind of attempts at uh creating a new kind of a desktop Huh. Uh, open gem was was kind of that was always my thing back open then. gem right open gem and its predecessors man those have been around forever yeah <laughs> they have oh, yeah <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> so what okay so and on the on the development side of things so um what what sort of development tools do you ship with just free dos i mean like what like what sort of compilers and languages and whatnot are available kind of out of the gate Inside for oh us. wow! Now you're now you're making me remember what's in the distribution that I just tested. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, I, what am I doing? I have some of that list right in front. Of me. Uh, what the, are you doing, uh, Jim? Come on, oh, man! No, get on it. I don't have the full list, uh, but I have fine. I have the list that I made comments on. Uh, in uh, the development space, we've we've got uh, 
what do we have? We have a, um, I think Open Watcom is in there. Uh, huh. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we're including a basic environment or a couple of them. Uh, and I think uh, Free Pascal, I think, is in there. Oh, nice. Uh, Free Pascal is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So we got we got a lot of that stuff. Editor wise, um, I was really pleased that we we put uh, Freemax back in there. There's a an old uh, uh, editor um, by Ross Nelson uh, called called Freemax, which was a uh, it's so old it was distributed under GNU GPL version one. That's delightful. Uh, yeah, yeah. We actually had to go back and verify. Is it really version one? Yeah, it really is version one. Um, and it, it really tries to be like a new Emacs. We've got uh, other editors in there, uh, some hex editors. We've got a, a clone of, of VI because you need to have VI. Well, yeah. If you have an Emacs yeah, clone, you need a VI clone. You know. You got to have those. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be fair. It just wouldn't right. be fair to ship uh, DOS right. without both. It would be just ridiculous. Yeah. And a couple of other editors that uh, that people uh, kind of like, including one that uh, called Blosec, and that one I think I pronounced that correctly. Uh, and it's um, uh, it's uh, an international editor. It supports uh, oh, like editors. a Unicode kind of thing. Uh, yeah. 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 So okay. All right. So cool. So I mean, so okay. One point two. One point two comes out this year. Hits mm-hmm. brand new installer. Lots of extra fresh packages. Where do you go from there? Like, what do you do after that? I want the next version to be two point and I think at that point we need to look at what do we need to contain in free DOS to really make it DOS. And so we have, we've long had this, we've always had what? this concept. <laughs> yeah, I know. Here we go. We've always had this concept in free DOS that uh, we need to have a, what I call a base uh, that, that replicates the functionality of MS-DOS. Okay. And yeah. if you look at base, so I think 2.0 would really would ask the question, what's in base? And we've got stuff in base that is, uh, in, is there for compatibility because it was there for MS-DOS. Um, there's a program called Graphics that you hit the print screen button on your, on your uh, keyboard, mm-hmm. and it would do a dump of whatever's on the graphics display, VGA, for example, to sure. your Epson line printer. Right, right. Oh, well, how many people have Epson line printers? Uh, you know, how, how often do you need to do that today? You know, if you're going to be running uh, FreeDOS and you're running a graphics game, you're probably, probably running it inside an emulator. And probably. there's other ways to take, a, to take a capture of what's on the video screen. Sure. Uh, do we need to have that? That's one question I'm sure that's going to come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's restore or a recover, rather. Um, you know, do we need to have that? Uh, do we need to have some things that um, that map um, uh, drives back to or folders back to drives, things like that? Uh, things are things that that really helped applications move from MS DOS one to MS DOS two and three. Uh, do you need to have those today? Um, and I think that's the question that we're going to ask. When we it's get a to fair question. Out. Yeah. Do we need to have those? Um, I'm I'm leaving it open. I, I want to stay focused on 1.2 first, but as we get to 2.0, I think the real question is going to be what what needs to be in base. What really defines DOS today? And I think I think I'll have my prediction is I'll have a hard time when we get there actually getting rid of things. I think I'll just wind up yeah. creating a separate package set called 
compatibility or something that actually yeah. has those. It's actually a good idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think right? it's a great idea. Uh, so that's fascinating. So, so, okay, it took a long time to get us, you know, to 1.0 and now 1.2. How far out is 2.0? When you envision it in your head, is it just like, oh, geez, all right, we have 1.2 out, and then 2.0 we release in 2037. And, like, like, are you in this for the slow roll? I mean, because it's not like everyone's sitting around going, oh, I'd use FreeDOS if only they could get to the 2.0 mark. Then I'll start using yeah. it. I mean, at this <laughs> point, if they're not going to be able to hop on a FreeDOS, they're never going to be able to. But uh, so so what do you do? Like, do you set timelines in your head or are you just like, let's let's putz with this. Let's let's finagle with this until it feels right. Like, how do you do it? I think because DOS stopped being a moving target in 1995 there hasn't been a real urgency to keep making new distributions like every six months or every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you go to Fedora, Linux, and there's a new distribution out every six to eight months. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't have that kind of urgency in FreeDOS because it's, it's not a moving target anymore. Uh, you know, if you want to look at back at, at uh, when 1.1 came out, that came out in January of 2012, and we're looking at the end of 2016 uh, for 1.2. So... I think you might be able to predict what. Uh, uh, so a while when when to when it'll come out, <laughs> you know, and 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 1.0 came out in, in 2006, September 2006. So there's a uh, you know it's about a six year gap there between 1.0 and 1.1. Okay, uh, about a four year right. gap or so for, for 1.1 and 1.2. So All right, so I hopefully it'll be shorter. So I can look forward to version 2.0 sometime in my mid 40s. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So that that should that that actually feels good. I'll kind of set an internal clock for that. Be like, okay, in my mid forties, I'll start looking around for two because I'm feeling a little antsy about it. So how big is the FreeDOS team? Like how how many people actually worked on the lead up to one point two? Uh we have I'd say dozens of developers uh that are active today. Uh, there's a lot that contribute kind of one-off, but but in terms of the ones that are really involved, I'd, I'd say it's it's uh, two, three, four dozen developers that are that are active. Nice. Do you wow. are, do you want that community to grow? I, I actually do want it to grow. I think it'd be great to have more people get involved in FreeDOS. Uh, I'm not going to kid myself. I'm not going to say that suddenly FreeDOS is going to emerge in 2017 as the thing that's going to displace Linux. Uh, but uh, you know, so in that no, no, way, no, no, we're not no. we're not we're not getting developers to change the world. Um, but uh, I think it is cool that we we actually do get people who join the project. You know, we get, we get college students, for example, who discover FreeDOS for whatever, and uh, and they join and and they might code or they might do some testing or they might do a system setup. Uh, but people are definitely getting involved today. That that uh, and and they are we are kind of growing and. At the very least, we're we're replacing the people that uh, kind of drop off the project here and there for whatever reason. So well, that's it, good. It's, so yeah, it's, it's not it's, dying. It's I like that. At the very least, yeah. yeah. Where so, where where would you send people? Well, Matt, you're coming up next, but Jim, where would you send people if they are like, yeah. you know what? I do. I want my my name exactly. attached to a distribution of DOS <laughs> just to say I can do that. If nothing else, how do they get involved? What's, join, what's the right place? Join the mailing list. So go to the website, www.freedos.org. You don't and, have to do the www. It's okay. Actually, you, you do. 
Do you, do you really? <laughs> Our website does not recognize uh, freedoff.org without, without the www. All right, go to the wow. www, everybody. Go to www and uh, go to the, go to the uh, mailing list. That's really the place to hang out. Um, we have a couple of mailing lists, one for uh, people who are just kind of want to be users and looking for help getting installed. Yeah. Uh, but the, the one that's most active is the one that's uh, the developer list. Okay. So Freedos develop. Okay. All right. I, I, I just wanted to make sure that there, that I know there's bound to be one person sitting at home watching this right now thinking, yeah, I kind of do want to be able to say I help make DOS. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that person exists. So. Matt, so. you, you were going to ask something before yeah, I completely steamrolled your brain. Yeah, is what you were asking. If you had, uh, like using this as an opportunity, what's your number one need for the project? If you were to, to ask the audience to participate or whatever it may be, what's the one area that you could really use help with? Maybe it's bug fixing, testing, something like that. Uh, I would say uh, we have two needs. One for 1.2 release coming up. I think test, okay. test, test. It's it's we need people who are going to test the heck out of that. Uh, and so grab the pre-release, grab the the release candidate, and, mm-hmm. and give it a download and try it out. I mean, just hammer on it. Okay. Um, the other one is uh, you know bug fixes, and so we have a. Um, you know, we have a bug tracker that you can find on the website. Uh, we did a bug parade about a month or so ago, kind of looking at what bugs do we have that are still open and which ones can people kind of move forward. So I think if you want to look at how do I contribute to FreeDOS, I would I would yeah. start by looking at that bug list. Okay. That and sounds like a really good entrance yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's just yeah. so awesome. I, I, Part of me, before you came on, and I talked with Matt about this, was like, we need yeah. to dig up obscure trivia about DOS, and we need to quiz Jim <laughs> on it, because uh, yeah. he's he's the man, right? Like, <laughs> just, just obscure random DOS trivia. And then I hit a brick wall, because I, I couldn't think of anything in my brain that you wouldn't already know, and then I just I just kind of gave up on it. But I, I really, part of me wanted to do that, be like, okay, Mr. Fancy Dust, <laughs> do you know this? <laughs> like, but, yeah, I, I gave up on that entire thing entirely. Um, okay, all right. Those are the things I wanted to talk about. Is there anything you need to get out there into the world? Is there DOS news straight from Jim that needs to get out into the world right now? I think the uh, the DOS news is really the looking forward to one point two. That's something I'm really excited about. You know what? I, but you know the other thing is too. I, DOS is not my whole thing. You know, we you and I met at the uh, uh, Libre Application Summit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Libre Application Summit hosted by GNOME, and uh, you know, I there I did my presentation on uh, usability, and so that's that's a big thing that I've been working on outside of. You know, it's not just free DOS. I do I do a little bit of everything, and so I, I do uh, usability is, is a big thing I've I've developed an interest in lately. And so I've been working with the GNOME Foundation, uh, and actually I'm on the on the GNOME board now. But I've been working with GNOME Foundation the last couple of years, uh, doing usability testing. And so uh, I also teach usability as an online class, and uh, for the University of Minnesota Morris. And and uh, there's there's just a lot of other stuff going on out there. I'm I'm one of those guys that, and when when you when I got involved in open source software, free software, um, you kind of had to do everything yourself. And so you kind of had to learn everything. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of go where, where my interest kind of takes me. Um, okay. you know, I, I did, you know, like these days I don't do much system coding. I do a lot of scripting, a lot of website stuff, um, and, uh, and, and usability. And so I just kind of go where, where my interest kind of goes. 
I, I'll say, I mean, no usability and development of an open source DOS is not exactly related in most people's minds. But uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that you're all over the place with it because I totally yeah. get it. <laughs> um, that's that's pure awesome. Um, so uh, on the on the GNOME usability front, um, I, I you did have that have that presentation at the Libre Application Summit. And I did think that that was generally quite quite interesting. Mm-hmm. On the GNOME side of things, if people want to get involved in making GNOME better, more usable, etc., how do they do that? There's a uh, outreachy program which is uh, used to be called the Outreach Program for Women, and now it's expanded to other minority groups. And so if you're a, uh, for example, a student uh, and you want to get involved in that, it's a paid internship. And so you can join uh, these, these different cycles and, uh, and participate. And so we just had the usability one in uh, uh, May through August. Uh, I'm taking the fall cycle off um, while I get some other work done. Um, and uh, we'll see if I pick it up again uh, for, for spring. But uh, that, that's a great way to get involved. Uh, you know, we had we had a lot of great work going uh, this last summer, and uh, I'd like to see that continue. And you know, like the user experience test that we did uh, is a I think it just needs more testers. I think we can we can expand on that one a bit. Nice, nice. Very uh, cool. I, I just remembered I did have one question for you. Do cool. you have cool. do you have a machine that DOS runs natively on at your house? I don't. A long time ago, I stopped running it native. Um, only because uh, I found that, that when I was doing something in DOS, I was usually coding, um, oh, okay. and yeah. and it was uh, a little awkward for me to have a dedicated machine for that. Uh, it made a lot more sense uh, to use, uh, believe it or not, I would run uh, Emacs, GNU Emacs, like actual native GNU Emacs oh. on Linux, um, and I would edit my code there, uh, and I'd use DOS EMU, which is a Linux DOS yeah. emulator. And right. it maps a folder in your home directory as the C drive that Linux or that that uh, that that FreeDOS will boot into, and so that means I can use native tools to do my coding, and I just have the window Alt Tab over the window, and I can compile, and uh, it really was a much more. It's the best of both worlds. Effective. It was the best Definitely. of both worlds. A very effective way to code. Uh, and so that's uh, when I when I started really realizing that's that's the better way to do it. That's kind of the last time I, I natively installed FreeDOS. Right. Hey, so DOS, and that, at that point, almost becomes its own its own little terminal with, uh, with its own fancy its own fancy little kernel on top of it. All right. And it's actually interesting because you have it's actually more difficult now to find machines. Uh, I think it's becoming more difficult, I should say, to, to find more machines that will actually run FreeDOS natively because DOS FreeDOS, like any DOS, requires a BIOS. Right, and uh, and a lot of machines now are UFI, and they they have a BIOS compatibility layer, uh, but if uh, but if the manufacturer doesn't want to put a compatibility layer in there, they don't have to, and so you're starting to find some systems that don't even have a BIOS and they can't run DOS, uh, and I think that's going to become probably the norm as we go ahead. So it's it's going to be harder and harder to find DOS to run on new uh, actual hardware. That is both completely understandable and really sad. It is. It is, well, actually, yeah. Yeah, it really stinks. stinks. I mean, like, so for the benefit of our viewers, what you're saying is even if there's a means of turning off that uh, nonsense that the industry kind of went with, it still has to physically have not just – it actually has to have true BIOS compatibility. It's not just a matter of toggling something on or off. Exactly. Exactly. It has okay. to be there. That's hmm. crazy. How, how do you 
as a person not get completely burnt out on DOS? Like, how do you, how have you been going this long? That's a lot of years to be, to be helming a project, creating an open source, anything, literally anything. I don't know of, I mean, I mean, I mean, Linus has been doing it for a long time, but he's kind Mm -hmm. of the exception rather than the rule. How, how have you been doing it without just giving up, hucking it out and saying it's up on the repo. You guys do what you want with it. Like how, how have you gotten to this point? Well, as I say, I, I kind of float to where my interests are. And so uh, I did coding for a long time. But, you know, as as the, the guy kind of running the project, uh, I had to do a lot of other things. And so my interests and, and sort of needs really uh, kind of took me to other places. And so I uh, uh, stopped doing as much coding. And so I could do the website um, I do the social media. I do a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, so I, I my my what I consider my interactions with FreeDOS is more than just coding something that, you know, hooks into int13 or something. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually something that actually is... Uh, int13 is life, man. I know, int13, int21. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, so, so my, my FreeDOS work now could be shell scripting something for the website. It could be cutting new pages for the website. Right now I'm redesigning the website. You move around a little bit within the project. Yeah. I I kind of float around. I do a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So that's a good way to not get burnt out. What helps you out with that? (laughs) Side note, also crazy that there is an actively maintained version of DOS that has a Twitter handle. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Right. But that's cool. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it, it is. Everything about FreeDOS is cool and funny, both at the same time for me. Like, I again, I use it for work, but I find myself amused at myself using it for work that way. It's like it's like when George R. R. Martin talks about writing all of the, the Game of Thrones books, you know, on his old, I think it's a 486, running yep. an old version of WordStar 4 and MS-DOS 4.0? I think he's I don't on know what version, but it is. Four. He is definitely running wow. MS DOS. Yeah. yeah, he he definitely is. Uh, you can look up pictures of it online. It's it's incredible. He's still got an old PC running it, and and it, it it's I I give him kudos to that. Uh, obviously, it works for him. Uh, though some might argue that maybe his books would get out faster if he used a different machine. Um, but just the same, uh, it, you you got to know that it gives him a, some sort of perverse sense of amusement to know that he's using uh, it's such an ancient, quote unquote, machine to, to build what is essentially one of the largest franchises in yeah, the world. Yeah. I just, it's just delightful. I love he it so much. He loves doing that because it, it, it means that he can't get distracted. He can't like alt tab exactly. to another window and, yeah. and do Facebook or YouTube exactly. or something. You know? Yeah. He has to stay focused on the book. Exactly. When when he's done writing for the day, he exits out of WordStar and boom, he can load up, you know, SimCity version one. You know, he can do <laughs> Ultima four, whatever it is he wants Ooh. to run at that point. Um, Jim, thank you for all the work you do. Uh, I really do mean it. I, I do use it um, all week, every week. It is fantastic. I really do appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you coming on. And I have one final thing to ask of you. Uh have you have you watched this show before, all the way through to the end? I'll be honest, no, I have not. Okay. Well, you are in for a treat, my friend. So here's how this works. <laughs> He's like, oh God. 
<laughs> so this particular show, uh, we release it under the Creative Commons, and it's delightful and wonderful and all that good stuff. Uh, and one of the things we decided to do was to not have a theme song that we get from someone else. We don't have to worry about licensing, and we get to kind of shake it up. So what we do, because you have to have music in a show, is at the beginning of the show, either myself or Matt sing the intro theme song, usually around five to ten seconds of a little ditty. The ones that Matt does usually end with a fart noise, and they're absolutely <laughs> delightful. They're just, they're just fantastic. It's true. Uh and now, what we like to offer for our guests as we approach the end of the show is if they would like to sing the outro theme song uh, for this particular show. Now, the nice part here is it can be anything. When I say, Matt, sing sing the intro, it usually ends up being some sort of a hodgepodge of 1980s action shows. The A-Team, Airwolf, yeah. things like yeah. that find its way in there. I believe a Max Headroom found its way in there a little bit uh, on one. I'm not 100% certain. There's homages is what I'm saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, we have a rule here. When we only have one guest on, we do not force the guest to do this. If we have two guests on, we force one of them to do it because we're mean. <laughs> but since there's one, you do oh, have an awesome. you do have an out. However, remember this. If you decline, then Matt has to do it. And that will make Matt really sad. Jim, would you like to sing the outro theme song for this episode of Linux and whatnot? I will. Yeah. I can do 007. Oh, All very right. cool. Jim, Here we go. thank you again. FreeDOS.org. Sorry, www.freedos.org. Did they have to include the HTTPs and the colons and the whatnots? Oh, no, your, your browser can figure that one. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. Everybody, singing out this episode of Linux and Whatnot, the founder of the FreeDOS Project and known board member, Jim Hall. There we go. Amazing. That was awesome. I even made my hair all disheveled. That was so good. That was awesome. My friend Matt made a big old boom, 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 boom. That that's that's after after the outro that that dance is going in. <laughs> <laughs>